0: Love Talk Radio.
1: This is Marty Oakley, this is the TS Radio Network, and we're off and running again. It's been a hard two or three weeks, a lot of things going on, a lot of things happening. Tonight we have returning with us Peggy Dupree and Betty Gosnell, and of course they are heading up the USA Citizens Guardianship Task Force, that's an LLC, and it uh, they are just determined to turn things around in this guardianship issue And I think they've got some good ideas. God knows they've done the research. They know the bills. Um, We're going to be talking about some of that. But what we're going to be basically focused on tonight is the role of attorneys, the Bar Association, and what all goes in in guardianship. One of the things I discovered early on was that the statutes on guardianship in every state were written by members of the Bar Association uh, years ago when I was looking into Florida, and I think it was under Section 144 of their statutes, here was all this prohibition of against doing this and doing that, and if you did, you were going to be in trouble. And then there were two asterisks, and when I looked at the bottom of the asterisks, it says, it does not apply to professional guardians or attorneys. I say what? Um, so you have to read things very, very closely. Um, in Florida, of course, was what we called the Pasadomo Bill from about seven years ago she is a senator uh, in Florida and she is also a bar bar attorney and she wrote this bill supposedly and line 32 of it said that within probate would be set up a new agency that must underline bolded must be headed by a member of the bar association their desperation to keep control of this money making scam they've got running is is horrendous um But what Betty and Peggy are going to be talking about tonight is the role these people actually play and what they will do to you when you hire one of them. Uh, It is a rare thing you'll actually get any representation. But what all they will do to allow them to game the system at your expense. But, of course, they still want to be paid. Um, Never mind they didn't do their job or they did a job that did a job on you. Anyway, with all of that said, Peggy and Betty, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us on. You bet. Um, I'm going to let you girls start this out and and lay your format out and what we're going to be talking about and what you have discovered in all of your research. And God knows I've never seen anybody do the research the two of you have. So take it away.
2: Well, what we're going to do is role play tonight. We're going to go in and we're going to educate the viewers how to know when their case is fixing to go south and when their attorney has turned on them. I'm going to give you some little secrets with how you can discover when your attorney is working with the defense attorney against you and you're paying them for their legal fees. Okay. Okay. You go into court and you start in the and your attorney starts arguing your case. The first clue I want you to pay attention to is when she throws out to the judge. Oh, the defense attorney has come into the courts today, Your Honor, with clean hands. Okay. You think unclean hands. You think, okay, she's trying to expose this crooked attorney, right? That's what you're thinking. That's the opposite. What she's doing is she's setting it where you can't sue this defense attorney uh, for, uh, for clean hands, it's called, doctoring. Look it up. If the defendant can prove that the plaintiff had unclean hands, unethically, then the plaintiff's plaint will be dismissed, okay? But they have rules you have to uh, research, and there's rules in federal court that if, you know, you say clean hands, if your attorney says clean hands, it will protect that defense attorney. So you've got to be very careful. As soon as you hear that, you know your attorney's working for the other side automatically terminate your attorney on the spot. Call them out. Okay. Attorneys will do things to uh to make your case go south by not following the petition timely requirements and the manner is supposed to be required. They forget it. They'll do ex parte communication with the judge. That's illegal and they won't notify you about it. So say you're going into court and you have a DCF investigation on you it could be either a child or it could be adult in a guardianship case okay what happens there is the defense attorney goes to court with with dcf attorneys they they line up their case and of course it's non-disclosure and confidential so you don't see the evidence ever being entered into their case because it's exempt under 119 in florida okay we're just using a state example okay they all have them so what they'll do is They'll notify the plaintiff's attorney what is taking place. And so they already know the case is rigged. So the attorney is going to embezzle thirty to $40,000 of your money. She's going to require you to pay up front for retainer fees. You're going to do that because you're going to think she's representing you. Well, she already knows the other opposing parties won the case, but she's going to go ahead and take the money anyway because she's already, got, uh, she's already went through this protective uh, order. It's a hearing. They, they do. So that way, as soon as you get in, it's already said and done. The judge already knows what she's going to rule before court proceedings ever takes place. Even though you may have evidence to present to the judge, she's already made up her mind, it's a done deal within two minutes before, once you're in the court, it's already made up. The judge rules, you're out the door with less than 10 minutes flat. And your head is spinning because you're like, what just happened here? You know, why wasn't I able to have my expert on, on call? Or why wasn't I able to even do a Skype? Or why wasn't I able to have AD accommodation? If somebody's had a stroke or heart attack, they still have rights to have that AD accommodation where a doctor can do a Zoom instead of coming in. Uh, both parties have to agree on this weeks prior. So what attorney will do is she'll go in and she won't fill out the proper documentation for this expert to testify on Skype to throw your case. And then she'll also throw out the filings of having telesco- a telephono, uh, it's called, uh, where they can call in to uh, talk to the judge, be on the only inter- intercom, of course, to talk to the judge about their findings of their patients. That will be dismissed, too, because the judge knows how to throw the cases. So you have to be careful, and you have to say, okay, I, prior before weeks prior before your hearing takes place, you request from her paralegal, you want written copy that has been approved, the 88 act's been approved. You want copies of the telephone uh, request you've made for any kind of expert to testify. They're allowed to do that. Anybody objecting to it, you need to know now while you can uh, counterclaim with a motion. Uh, those are things you need to know. Now, if the attorney is hesitant in not providing these copies, then you know she's working for the other side. You need to immediately fire her and report her to the bar or him to the bar. Okay. You have any questions so far?
1: And yet, yeah. Uh- uh, go back to this clean hand things. So if they come into the court and say the opposing attorney has clean hands, that prevents you from later on charging them with anything? Well, what it does,
2: if it's a state official, they have different uh, tort responsibilities that they are protected under. So what they, they'll they do is they, you know, to protect their self from wrongdoing, uh, it's like engaging wrongdoing. It's like, okay, let me read it to you. Legal terms, a clean okay. hands defense in a civil lawsuit regarding a contract which allows the defendant, the person being sued, to claim that plaintiff. The person soon has engaged in wrongdoing. If the defendant is successful in providing the plaintiff had unclean hands through bad or illegal behavior, the plaintiff would not be able to obtain remedies from that court. Now, do you follow what I'm saying, how they will stay checked so
1: you will lose your case? Oh, Wow. Holy cow. I'll
2: read it again to you.
1: It's very important.
2: The legal term, clean hands, refers to a defense in a civil lawsuit regarding a contract which allows the defendant, the person being sued, to claim that the plaintiff, the person suing, has engaged in wrongdoing. If the defendant is successful in proving the plaintiff had unclean hands for bad or illegal behavior, the plaintiff would not be able to obtain remedies for that court. So if you're the plaintiff and your attorney comes in to say that she's actually throwing your case. Now, do you follow what oh I'm saying? Oh my God.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Holy cow. So it's really
2: important to look for these little telltale signs what these attorneys are doing because it's criminal. They should be charged for doing that, but there's nothing on the law books that we have to charge these attorneys from doing that. You can go to law enforcement and, and, and even have evidence where this attorney or he or her, she said that in court, and nothing will ever be done. So that's why we need to well, start changing a lot of laws to protect the citizens. Regardless if right. you're a defendant and a plaintiff and the roles change, you should be protective. Attorneys should be right. ethical with integrity and be honest when they represent their clients on both well, sides. God,
1: I'd like to find one of them that did that. Uh, you know, and that's been the whole thing in all of this, Peggy. I have never the few attorneys we've had that are honest and have integrity and they you know and deal with people honestly they disbar them they get rid of them yeah. instead of instead of you know uh, holding them up as an example of what you should be how you should be asking, acting they disbar them they get rid of them because the only people that can be involved in this in the bar association are people that are more than willing to violate your rights the law do whatever they can to make sure that money rolls in the bank. That's the way I see that it. that is true. Unfortunately, yeah. that
2: is the truth.
1: And you can always tell so, the good attorneys
2: because they lost their
1: bar license.
2: Exactly, and they give such uh, sanctions on them. And it's like yep. with somebody's ethical and they're filing proceed, some of the things they'll do on a proceed is file a contempt charges, arrest the person if they speak out, or – They'll put oh, wow. gag orders on the person if they're proceeds and exposing the corruption. Or they'll put a vexatious litigant order on them when they don't even have jurisdiction to do that and there's no one to stop them. So that means you right. cannot enter evidence in to prove this misconduct has happened. So the judges win. Judges oh, have so God. much immunity and judicial acts of jurisdiction broadly defined. <laughs> it's very scary out there.
1: You know something, Peggy, something I think might be a good um, – another another option to take up, like you're not already doing enough, but a petition – These see, I can't figure out how these people decided all on their own that they have immunity from the law, and nobody in Congress or a president – question this and the excuse they give is well it's a separate branch of government it is a branch of government it is not its own government
0: it is all subject
1: to the federal and so we kind of skip over that but I think that's something that needs to happen a petition to end this so called qualified immunity you ain't qualified to be immune from nothing the constitution says the laws will be applied equally to all men it doesn't say if you got a bar license or a black robe on it doesn't apply to you. Exactly. Well, right now,
2: we do have a senator that recognizes so much corruption that judges are doing and actually getting by with it. She, uh, I can't, don't quote me on the senator. It's in Pennsylvania. Um, somebody briefly told me to get hold of the senator because, uh, you know, I'm connecting with different senators on this bill I'm working right. with. But she would be great, Peggy, to work with. What she's done is she's created a bill to waive judges' immunity, and I've got to check back with her this week to find out where she's at with that because she's like, this is criminal, what these judges are doing, and it needs to stop yep. because, like we're talking about with these guardianships, they're forcing people in these guardianship programs against their will. They're stealing their estate. They're stealing uh You know, the the person, number one, they're stealing the person, kidnapping the person against their will, the family's will, and they're stealing the states, and there's nowhere to turn to because all these agencies, and when I try to explain things to people, they don't understand about Social Security Act. Okay, I want to go in that a little bit. The Social Security Act is tied to only one thing. It's the guardianship grant, so when they are creating these new uh, names for like conservatorship, and I'm always saying Britney Spears is under guardianship because she is, because there's no grant out there for conservatorship or support decision making. It's all under the guardianship grant. This is delusional. They're trying to make, brainwash the public to thinking they have other options. When in reality, yeah. they're not, there's no other option but a guardianship grant out there. So Britney Spears is in a guardianship. I don't really care what anyone says. They get a support decision-making through the state. What people don't understand is she is still tied to that state. They closed her case as confidential, so the public would not be able to discuss that she's still in state custody. If the layman person doesn't understand how the Social Security Act works for these guardianship grants, they would believe whatever their attorneys tell them. Now, I cannot mention the advocacy group that mentioned this to me. They told me that she has a a, a support support decision-making plan, Brittany Spears does, but they will not tell me if it's uh, privately done or done by the state. So I can't confirm either or because uh, my conclusion is it is done by the state. The reason I say that is they would not have concealed it with the course because if you're going to do your own support decision-making plan, It'd be with your attorney. You wouldn't have to even file it with the courts unless you wanted to. So I'm assuming, just assuming, that's my own personal opinion, it is done through the courts because uh, she still has a guardian over her uh, conservatorship decision-making. She still has that guardian, so I'm questioning why she still has that. So there's a lot of unknowns we know about this case, still because they're concealing it from us.
0: Right, right. right.
1: Yeah, uh, I noticed that died down. Uh, when they announced that she was free and everything, but all of a sudden, there's nothing, nothing, and um, I just uh, uh, there's there's more to that than than what we thought. I mean, it's it's gone on further than what we thought it could. But this thing, you know what? what bothers me in all this. You talk about concealing. Where does the state or anyone get off thinking? that it is all right to hide what they are doing. And that's exactly what concealment is. They are hiding what they are doing. The only reason you would hide it is if what you did was immoral or unethical or unlawful or a combination of all three. Otherwise, why would you care?
2: Well, I agree 100% with you. The way they're claiming is, oh, we got these HIPAA laws, and we have to exempt this from the files. Like if a person is killed, in a guardianship under the exempt, of Florida. I'm just using an example here. Under the Florida right. Exemption 119, they do not disclose how the person died, how they were tortured, or how they were raped. There's no police report ever filed. It stays within the DCF, and I think that's criminalized mm-hmm. within itself. If you follow what I'm saying. I think if a person is killed, they need to be an autopsy. What happened to the person? If the person is raped, they need to be a proper procedure. They go to the test, a rape kit. They report to local law enforcement. Regardless if the person is illegally in custody or not, that's not the issue. The person is a victim, and they still have laws protecting them. But under this mental law that they have created for themselves, they don't have no rights. Uh, a ward has less rights than a murderer, a serious killer. I'm not joking you. It's yeah. very, very scary that if a person walks up to a law enforcement and says, I just was raped. Can you take me to the hospital? They're saying, you're going back to the mental facility. Screw the hospital. Yeah. Screw the right. rape examination. Right. You get no due process. Your rights are taken right. away. You get returned right
0: house. back to the rapist. Yes.
2: Exactly. And it's made fun of. You've made, fu- you've made fun of. So, what I want well, to talk about is go ahead.
1: Well, look, you know the thing I was going to say is uh, the idea that you know when they claim HIPAA, the one thing I discovered about HIPAA about three years ago is it has absolutely nothing to do with the patient. It is about protecting the medical provider. And when they say when you get into guardianship, and it was, and HIPAA was devised to try to clamp down on and reduce the number of malpractice lawsuits against doctors and hospitals and so on. That's what HIPAA is about. It isn't for you or your benefit, but in guardianship, the, the the little, one of the little tricks behind all of this is when you become guardianized, you become a ward of the state. In other words, a prisoner. That's what ward means. You are a prisoner exactly. of the state and they have removed from your possession your identity, you don't exist anymore, except as a number, as they refer to us as units. And the guardian, and we've had guardians step up and say, you know, to family members, like one lady said something about that's my mother, and the guardian said to her, I'm your mother now. And this is, was a very true statement because what happened in probate court, she was gifted the identity of the victim. The victim can no longer claim legal agency or legal capacity, the right to their own name, identity, their own existence. They're they're dead in the law. That's why you're in probate, because you're dead in the law. So you're in this tribunal that doesn't abide by the Constitution or the laws because you're not under the law, and you don't exist. So the person, if anyone is protected under HIPAA, in a guardianship case, it is the guardian who has assumed your identity and it's they also- do assume your identity. They transact as you under legal agency. They transact mm-hmm. with as you, they sign as if they were you. They, for all intents and purposes, they resent, present themselves as if they were in fact, you, this is the ultimate in identity theft. The ultimate. Well, They created laws to cover themselves
2: by doing that. If you read the Senate bills, the support decision-making plan, it weighs all statutory rights. So if a person is killed or harmed in there, you can't sue the state of Florida. And now what the state of Florida is trying to do is with this Senate bill, if you go online right now, anyone that's listening can go online right now, look up the Florida uh, Guardianship Senate Bill uh, Jurisdiction Act. You won't find that. They've taken it down from the uh, ah. the Senate bill website because I wrote a letter to the governor and to the House and to the uh, Senate opposing the Senate bill, and I explained in great detail through our investigations with um, uh, victims contacting us what was happening. I did not disclose their evidence. I just talked in general terms how dangerous it right. is. When it's under FBI investigation, under uh, no, no circumstances should they go ahead with this bill. So what they've done is since so many people, our organization, they had Sears and they had Doug Frank and uh, Mrs. Harp, um, Mrs. Uh, Becky Harper, and I think they were um, uh, another organization. I'm sorry, I can't remember off the top of my head. They went there. They don't like it that these organizations are out there opposing this and questioning their their overreach of legislation. They cannot stand that. Even though we as organizations are out there saying these victims are being killed, tortured, harmed, stop what you're doing. There needs to be more investigation done. I personally wrote and says they need to be abolishment. I don't believe you can reform this type of program because it's too much corruption. And with them writing their own laws, uh, waiving any kind of immunity, it endangers the public more. So I oppose right. that. But so what they've done to conceal this, a uh, Florida Senate Bill 1032, the Guardianship um, uh, Jurisdiction Act, it's called. They've done it's called a Florida Guardianship Jurisdiction Act. Clear the Senate Judicial Committee. Now what they have to do, Marty, is since so many organizations opposed it, which I thank the other organizations for for advocating for the victims as well as USA Guardianship Task Force. They're doing what is called a build analyst, and physical impact statement, which means they're trying to see how much liability will be put on them if people try to sue them to oppose the Senate bill. So they're going through the right. committee right now trying to see if they want to pursue this. Well, what they've done is they've done a little trick to us, okay? While that's going on, they think that we're not watching them. So what they've done is they've done a uh, – a Senate bill guardianship resuscitation let's see what's it called oh, I'll have to find it it's about a 10, a, 10, a CB 1030 bill by Danny Burgess and it talks about uh, resuscitation let me pull it up I'll give you the okay. correct name so you can look this up yourself Florida. so they're hiding things now from people Yeah. And by law, remember, I told you I wanted to do this abolishment of H.R. 56 and that we have to go through pill process. It's a process we have to go through. Now, if you read this, they didn't do any pill process. They just took it off the books. It's illegal to do what they're doing. So I want to point that out to everyone. What they're doing is illegal. So we don't really have no laws to do anything to them when they do break the laws. Uh, It's very scary that they're able to take this off. The law books. After they already introduced it to legislation. You right. can't do this kind of thing, folks. I mean, it's like, and then if you go up there, one of the reasons I won't go into legislation and I write letters and I ask for Zoom meetings is because I'll have about 15 federal agents escorting me out. I don't know. As soon as they know Peggy Dupree's in the building, they start calling their agents on me. I'm not a violent person. I speak the truth, and I just ask questions but they don't like people like me for some reason. I don't know what the problem is. No.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. I I tried to go to a commissioner's meeting, and I got escorted out with 15 agents. Uh, It's like all I was – I didn't even say anything, Marty.
1: It's like – Oh, my God. Ridiculous. Just – I don't know. And, you know, that's another thing, Peggy, and I keep telling people, speaking to these – Senators and representatives, I mean, all these years I've been doing this, I couldn't tell you the number of these individuals I have spoken with, interviewed, um, met with, and nothing happens. Nothing happens. There is not one politician that can say with any degree of honesty that they didn't know this was going on. Neither can they say that they did anything to stop it. They all are fully aware this is going on. You know, I always go back to that staffer up there in Minnesota with that senator's office who got really angry with me. And she said because I was trying to get that bill stopped that allowed them to remove the name of beneficiaries, the guardian could. They were doing it anyway. And to insert someone of their own choosing, even if it was themselves. Imagine that. And (laughs) I was just blowing up over this bill. And this woman said to me, you don't understand. Guardianship saves the state. Millions of dollars every year. I said, "No, it doesn't. It makes you millions of dollars a year."
2: Exactly. And she said, "What? In the yes.
1: Yep. It's in the trillion. It makes
2: now. Yes. If everybody wants to go on their on their website and look for the Florida Senate Bill ten thirty two. Okay, you're not going to see nowhere on your screen the Senate Bill ten thirty two of the Florida Guardianship Jurisdiction Act. They've taken it down. It's illegal for them to to do that." They've taken it down, oh, wow. and what they've done is replaced it with the Senate Bill 1032, which is a, is, is a general bill by Children's and Family and Elderly Affair Judicial Burgess. Danny Burgess is doing both of these bills. The guard should authorizing guidance to sign an order not to resuscitate in certain limited circumstances, especially a preliminary guardian or limited guardian of a ward, uh, authority to sign an order not to resuscitate the ward decimating the Florida. Now, if you look in that bill, they're, they're switching it. They got the jurisdiction in that bill. They've taken it down illegally, taken it down without any appeals. They did the, they did the impact statement because now they're thinking they're going to get sued, and they tricked the public, and they put it in this other bill. These are the little tricks, folks. Oh, they play with the yeah. people. And, it's, and this is why so many people are upset is because we hire these elected officials in to represent us with integrity, honesty, and, and to do their job to keep our constitution. Alive and they're doing the opposite and they're sitting there yes when people are trying to explain that my husband Was killed in this guardianship case and he was abused neglected, and supported by the state of Florida But though they don't seem to care they don't want evidence presented to the legislation And if I was a legislator a senator working in the legislation, I would want to hear from my the constituents of Florida yes. and other people affected by this what is really happening how can I make a clear choice to represent this bill when somebody's in front of me saying their husband was killed in this and they can prove right. it? But yeah I'm denying them access to that but I can continue passing these bills we need some kind of protection where legislation can no longer just have these bills go through we need a we need some type of agencies created for citizens to be able to control what is happening and take some control away from the legislation to protect our constitutional rights. Now, I've been working, and Betty's been working, and Karen, on this Senate Bill H.R. 56. This will impact the state of Florida and every state in the United States. So I've been working as hard as I can 18 hours a day on the federal level, because I know the little tricks the state is playing in Florida to make this uh, unit. See, what they're trying to do is they made a mistake when they did the legislation. They did not do the Florida guardianship, um, it's called um, the Uniform Law Commission. They have yeah. to have that in place prior before they could do the jurisdiction. So what they did is they took it off the books, but once it's on the books, you can't take it off. It doesn't work like that. There's a appeal process they have to go through. So um, that's just like what I'm doing with uh, in the federal level. I'm trying to get a hearing set for the victims to be able to, uh, testify and then I'm asking for compensation on a federal level in any state that was affected because we have a defective state in every state and we can prove it. This is another example of um, this by, uh, I got evidence where they're just taking things off the book and it's illegal to do. So if anyone right. wants to confirm what I've seen is true, all you have to do is Google right now Senate Bill 1032 and you will not find the Florida Guardianship Jurisdiction Act anywhere on your computer. You will find the wow. resuscitation mm-hmm. order under Bill 1032. So they have array they have abolished it, started all over like it never existed. You Can't do that. So what's right. the,
0: the name of the new bill, Peggy?
2: Okay, the Senate bill that's on the table now is called 1032, like I just said, and it's a it's it's it's, it's done by um, Senator Danny Burgess. He he entered it in November the 22nd, 21. And it's regarding the bill about children and family and elderly affairs. Remember, DCF, which I've told you folks many times, is over guardianships. The DOJ granted them federal grants to be over the guardianships. Now, so you're going to always, from now on, see children and family because they're controlling that. Remember, Senator uh, uh, Nancy Schaefer said it's a racketeering, that organization is. Now they've gotten trojans of more dollars. Well, that's just great. But anyway, yeah. Burgers with a guardianship authorizing a guardian to sign an order not to resuscitate in certain limited circumstances, uh, specifically preliminary guardianship or limited guardianship of a ward, authority to sign an order not to resuscitate the ward. Uh, that's what that bill's about, Betty. So if you go online, that's what you're going to see. You're not going to see the Florida Guardianship Jurisdiction Act because what they've done is they illegally taking it from the law book and then flip some of the language into this, which is illegal yes. to be doing because they have a process they have to go through and they have to announce it on, in newspapers and stuff what they're doing, which they haven't done any of that stuff. And that's going to be another uh, evidence I use in federal, in the, my federal case against them because Florida jurisdiction Act will affect every state in the country. So that's why I've been trying yes. to stop Governor Santos from signing this bill by cutting him off on the federal level because I know he won't listen to anything you say to this gentleman. And I'm not saying it in a mean way, Marty. I'm just speaking the truth because I have tried to make appointments with this gentleman and bring victims in and explain what is happening. He does not seem to care, and it it puzzles me. Him being a governor, he's supposed to be uh, protecting the citizens in the state of Florida and citizens traveling through the state of Florida. So when you see this new Senate Bill Betty 1032 resuscitation – it talks about the jurisdiction bill. So this Senator Burgess is very, very brilliant, I have to give him. He just flipped some language around and start all over again because there were too many people opposing. So now I'll be opposing that bill tomorrow. So okay. it's just one thing after another that we have to do, Marty. It's got to stop.
0: And we uh, need well, people you know. that will oppose these bills too, not just me and Peggy Brighton, the governor, yeah. and asking him to oppose. Uh, anyone listening need to look this information up and oppose these bills. Come and, what we
2: need, and what we really need is advocacy that really want to work because I can do the petitions, but what I need is once I do, do the petitions to abolish these guardianship bills, I need the the advocacies. I need advocates out on the ground working and having people sign the petition because that protects them and their families for being owned and their assets. We need we need groundwork and we need uh, grass group uh, uh, grassroots volunteers to help USA Guardship Task Force get this accomplished. Because we're talking about millions of people we need to reach, and me and Betty and Karen can't do this by ourselves. We know the process and we know how to beat these people at their own game, but we need those
1: signatures. Right. Well, and the thing is, see, what you're you're up against is dealing with, uh, we call them glory hogs, people whose focus is not the actual cause, but look at me, look at me, look at me. And if you don't elevate them to a kingly status, then they will do everything they can to undermine your efforts. I keep hearing all this stuff about we need to work together, we need to be unified. What these people are actually saying is, I want you all to do the work, but everybody report to me there there's too many people out there, Peggy who have no concept of teamwork of what it means to work together to get something accomplished where you aren't cited as being the end-all be-all I never hear that from you about you know well, you have to say my name you have to tell them, you know I know you I don't ever hear that my from name you.
2: Doesn't never have to be mentioned you know what I do have to thank everyone so far that has signed our petition because thanks to them this is why we're stopping that HR 56 bill. Thanks to yeah. everyone that listened to USA Grocery's passwords to protect themselves and their families. This is what I'm talking about: teamwork. People that realize that you know these bills are going to harm them and their families yeah. are voting and, and signing this petition. This is not about who came up with the idea. Yeah. It's about everyone coming together for the greater uh, good and say, you know, this is not going to happen because if we don't work together, what's happening is the government, less than a year, will have all this passed, and we're going to be like Cuba, Russia, and these other foreign countries. uh, We don't have no rights, and they're going to end up start taking our firearms. That's next on the list. They've got to be able to control us and take our civil rights, and then that's people need to wake up and see how important this is and that, you know, I give them the information uh, on your show because, Marty, you're inspiration for me and Betty and Karen because you have so much knowledge. We've learned so much from you over the years. We've applied what we already had experience in and, and, and the knowledge that you have given us to be able to help other victims. This is not about Betty, Peggy, and Karen. Yes, yes we are victims of guardianship abuse, but we understand the importance of helping other victims. And to abolish it right. because it's, no, it's not good for any of us being owned by our state we live in and, and having our assets be owned by the state we live in. This is communist country. We're already in, and if people can't see that, then I don't know what else yeah. to say to them.
1: Well, and that's the thing. And this thing with the bill you say, the one was pulled down, but you're seeing section of it, this is, this is standard procedure, especially in D.C., But it's trickled down to the state level, too. You get a bill that there's a lot of opposition to, they'll pull the bill. But what they'll do is they'll take sections of it and insert it somewhere else, a lot of times in already standing law. And they will insert it in there and say, well, it really applies to this. You know, it really fits in with this. We've seen them do that with what they call uh, non-positive code and title with the U.S. code. Uh, Agriculture I'll use as an example. There is no constitutional provision for the federal government to be orchestrating anything with agriculture. So any laws the USDA passes or government passes or anything else is not valid. It's void because it is not a power given to them. So when people started identifying this, what they did was they took sections of it and they inserted it into positive code, things they did have the power to do. And they rewrote some language and stuffed it in there and they said, well, it's the law and they're doing this at the state level too. They take these bills that there's a lot of opposition to. They might pull the bill down, but don't think it's gone. What they'll do is right. take out the pertinent parts, the, the parts that they wanted more than anything to get into play, and they will insert them in an already passed bill. And they'll go back and amend the bill. And um, what they do is they remove the whole text of an old bill and still leave the title the same, like, you know, garbage recycling and plastic bags, and they'll insert as an amendment what they wanted for this guardianship thing, and they'll pass it that way. People think it's a garbage bill, and it wasn't. This stuff is done all the time. And they they reinsert it into in pieces and parts till they get it all passed. And then you talk about funding. There is big money tied to this. Uh, You look at the block grants, Social Security, Title 20. It's the block grants to the states and you look at the millions and millions and millions of dollars they get in these block grants every year a certain portion of it like if they get 50 million 20 million will be earmarked for elder care and services there's nobody that says there's they have no to spend to really it on that they what they and do that money goes directly into the state treasury no strings attached no auditing and simply disappears and, what but they I say, see, we saying. gave $20 million to, to help the elderly. You didn't help anybody. Um, but go ahead there, Peggy. Exactly. Well, no, that's what I was
2: yep. going to say. I mean, if a public person wanted to request an audit on these grants, you wouldn't have access to them. So there's no way well, we, we to know what's happening to all this money. We know it's being embezzled and defrauded because we know they're not spending it on where they need to spend it. But that's where we need to write legislation. That's what I'm talking about. We need to come up with, or, with groups, citizens groups, where we control what the senators allow to pass through legislation. We need to start getting that back. We need, we need a lot of work. We need to get, start decide, getting groups together that really want to work on these Senate bills and advocacy, to keep, uh, constitutional rights. They used to be, 20 years ago, used to be able to find all kinds of lawyers about civil rights constitutions to right. find them and, and retain them just like that. There's nobody out there doing this type of work no more. The lawyers gave in because they got sanctioned. They got, you know, they lost their bar license if they even went up against the public officials about violating someone's civil rights, law enforcement. So they decided to get out, even though they opposed their civil rights. Right, uh, they do they advertise,
0: uh, these uh, These attorneys do advertise as civil, as civil rights attorneys. And when you read, you would think that, yes, they would represent you in, in a, in a guardianship-type case, but when you call them, they won't. They'll deal with uh, yeah. work-related issues and things like that, but they won't touch yes. guardianship.
1: Well, the other thing they do, too, Betty, is uh, what we call ketom cases, and they're all hunting those because they can make millions and millions off of them. You'll get nothing, but the law firm will. And that's where uh, the the individual sues on behalf of the government for wrongdoing. So like if somebody sued the government of Florida over guardianship, they'd take that on because uh, there's a possibility they could win. And then they get punitive monetary damages and – But like I say, it's the law firm who gets those. The person who actually, whose name the lawsuit was brought in, rarely gets anything. But it just, it's all such a game. It's all such a game. And the only good attorneys I've ever found all have been disbarred, sanctioned. They will put false articles about them on the net. They will go on, there's that one site where you can... Um, it's like a Yelp site. You can report wrongdoing by attorneys. They'll go on there. They'll pay people to go on there. And these terrible reports just absolutely put them in the trash can. They will do everything they can to disrupt, and then the last thing they do is take their license and uh, because you cannot go up against this bunch. I have long advocated for the dissolution of the Bar Associations. It has monopolized our courts, monopolies are against the law in this country, or they were, we busted up AT&T over it. Why is the Bar Association allowed to monopolize our justice system? And there is no justice for ordinary people. And I say that because when you look at the number of people, we have more people in prison in this country than in any third world country, country, combination of countries, and we farm them out, we make money off of them, and everything is, is money, everything is money, is everything is taking what doesn't belong to you, and I'm seeing all of this stuff now about how heirs property, they should do away with that, see, I don't know what these guardians would do then, Um they should do away with the heirs' property and people being able to leave what they've accumulated over a lifetime to their children or other beneficiaries because that's not fair that they should get a windfall like that. They didn't work for any of that stuff. Well, neither did the attorneys and guardians who stole it. They didn't work for it. They just took it. Unfortunately, they killed mom, pop, grandma, grandpa, and grandma in the course of doing it. But this whole thing, it, what my point is, this all revolves around the transfer of wealth and property to people who have no business in it, at the expense of people who have no rights in the system. You, when you look at this probate system, I keep trying to explain to people, probate is not a court of law. You are not dealing with a. This is not a civil or criminal court. This is a specially contrived tertiary tribunal that makes its own rules and the law does not apply. The Constitution does not apply and you have no rights in there. That's why you don't get a trial by jury. They don't have to abide by due process. They say, Oh you know, we abide by due process. No, they don't. No, no they do not. And then to steal somebody's entire life from them. And there sits all these senators and representatives and governors and people at the DOJ sitting there going, well, we passed the law 10 years ago, then they won't do anything. And I think that is probably one of the most insulting parts of this is the failure of people we put in office to address this openly and honestly, but they are too quickly sucked up into the system. And then you look at like where they get money from. Every time they come out with one of these bogus bills, that are just an insult to the public, look at who they're getting money from. There'll be massive deposits from the local bar association, 200000 250000 Gee, I wonder why you put this bill out there. Right. And not one well, bill, not one bill, not one criminalizes any of this, calls out these guardians, does anything to stop this system, nothing. And we let these people stay in office i I can't see it but go ahead well the the problem that we're we're having
2: is you know it's the judges and nobody really wants to talk about the judges i hear over and over okay the, the professional guardian or the guardian is the one that did wrong and they got prosecuted let's say they got prosecuted but they never talk about the appointed attorneys run by the state bar or they never talk about the judge that knew about the crimes but went ahead yeah. and passed the order. So we, we definitely have a lot of problems with the judicial system. One of the problems mm-hmm. I think that we need to tackle is the Uniform Law Commission developed by the Uniform Adult Guardianship Protective Proceedings, Jurisdiction mm-hmm. Act. I think we need to get that off the books because that's harming yes. us, and that's one thing that I'm going to be working on. And, you know, it's going to take more than just like the three of us at USA Guardianship Task Force. To get this done, we need to get uh, groups that believe in their civil rights and to Mm -hmm. work with us because we can do this. I mean, all we need to do is is get a certain Mm -hmm. amount of signatures and then we're home free and we get a hearing. And this is what we need to get to the federal level because you can see, when you're going through the legislation on a state level, you could talk blue in the face, and you could tell the people how they were murdered. You can bring uh, expert uh, autopsy reports and doctors' reports claiming that the mm-hmm. person was murdered, and you'll not get one response from the legislation if I <laughs> get yep. into it. And it scares yep. me because I try to put my myself in their shoes and try to figure, okay, I need to be fair. I need to, to work with these people. How can I reach them and explain what is really happening in these guardianships? Number one, they're unconstitutional. The legislation's overreached. That's just my opinion. Second, there's no recourse when a judge uh, commits a crime in a guardianship or attorney commits a crime against the ward or if the ward is harmed with any third party vendor or the guardian, there's no protection whatsoever for the ward. Now they're writing legislation, so if the ward is killed or harmed, they can get no compensation. So there's no reason to continue keeping these guardianships shops in any of the states. It's a danger for the public because it's going to harm the ward, and it's going to steal the ward's assets and the family's inheritance if they have been
0: willed anything. Right, and they're capping what you can get if you were to win a lawsuit, and the amount is so small that it wouldn't help you anyway with the injury. That the, that the victim sustained, and in some states you can't even get uh, awarded anything. You can't through the government.
2: Yeah, the legislation yeah. is making to their own laws. Where if you know you've got like say three million dollars of injuries, and you got a brain injury for life, and you know it's going to cost you ten thousand dollars, they want to only cap you for two hundred to three hundred, knowing there's no way that you can you can uh, afford to take right. care of that ward because then the person's going to be stuck in the state custody. And probably die within less than five years because you know how they don't yeah. take care of the wards.
1: No. No, they don't. And, you know, and that's the thing. You know, I've worked with people in Australia and also in England, France, Japan. They're doing the same thing everywhere. And it's all under this ICOR, that international corporation that sells franchises on guardianship conservatorship. Their byline is fast, easy, consistent money. You just have to be a natural-born killer to be one. And and I think that's another aspect of this, too, that we have talked about at length. These people who participate in this, they are by nature predators. You could not do this. You could not know that you caused that much misery and harm and ultimately grand theft and do it day after day after day and listen to these people Mm -hmm. suffer and their families suffer and continue on unless you are a predator by nature. And we have to recognize these people for what they are. They are natural-born predators. They don't have morals. They don't have principles, integrity. They don't have any sense of character, empathy, sympathy, nothing. They are pure sociopaths. You could not do this job otherwise. They don't care. But now I say we're looking at this thing, of they want to end basically inheritance unless of course you're ultra rich in which case we got a whole system for them but if just the common people out here um, they want to end it and i'm hearing this all over the place that you know this just it really isn't right and uh, so as near as i can tell you can work all your life and accumulate property and liquid assets but if you die, apparently the state gets everything. I don't, I don't understand, and nobody has said how this property would be disposed of. But this is the next well, step in all of this. Well, it's
2: very easy dis- how it's going to be disposed because if you really study the language, it tells you that it goes back to the judges and the the clerks. They get a percentage of it. So, right. well, how do you think? Okay, a judge makes salary between 146, mm-hmm. to hundred eighty depending on her position or his position. How do you think these judges are becoming millionaires overnight? Because they write the legislation where they get a percentage back to them. Right. And when I'm talking about, you know, the federal grants, what people don't understand, they're getting so much money to increase their salaries. And they get a lot right. of uh, money underneath the, the table. It's called money laundering. Where you know these doctors are giving these judges uh, money and they're doing offshore accounts, so it can't be traced back to where the where the money came yeah. from, and nobody's even questioning how how clerks can drive Jaguars when they're only making twenty two thousand dollars a year. I mean, yeah. I'm not even a damn law enforcement, and I see things just like <laughs> if I can see this stuff going
0: on, why
2: can't law yeah. enforcement?
0: I, I'm yeah. just like, I'm un- it's
1: unbelievable. Well, and you know that's the thing, though. Um, they, you're right about them getting. Every time you file into probate, that hearing examiner. These are not judges. Judge is a legal term, meaning you deal with the law. These people don't even have to have a law background, a degree or nothing, um, because they no. aren't dealing with law. They just have to be able to read code and statute. And so, but they call them judges. They're not judges. Ask a judge. If he's calling himself such in probate, do you have an oath of office on file? And if you do, I'd like to see it because it is a requirement for sitting judges in this country to have an oath of office on file. Many of them don't. Um, But if they don't have an oath of office, they are not qualified to sit the bench if they're a judge. Okay, but in probate. These are hearing examiners or ministerial clerks, and many times they are employees of the very same agencies that are coming against you, and so they're getting a salary from them. Every time you file a motion into that tribunal, that person sitting there, that hearing examiner gets a percentage of the value of the estate just for taking the motion in, and that on the east coast is 2 to 3% on average as you move west and get to california it's 5 to 6% on average and this goes right into their bank account every time a motion is filed plus right. at the beginning of of the case when the value of the estate is determined they get that 2 to 3 or 5 to 6% right off the top in in this is in addition to their salary and as this thing rolls along, they, you're right. They're making money left and right. But these are not judges. Like I say, they are, well, they are not dealing with law. Well, a lot of people don't know this.
2: If the probate is under the DOJ, they created their own federal grants, and it's called the Civil Original Council that the judges and these appointed attorneys are all under, and they're receiving federal grants from that agency. Yep, yep to operate so they need to pay attention to that because you know uh, it, it's a, it just blows me away how things are set up and citizens do not get have the right to vote this in or out it's just right. created for them and we have to pay yep. these taxes and that's why American people are homeless millions of people are homeless it's because of what our government is doing to us it's, right.
0: I don't understand why the public is allowing these courts to exist, because if if you're saying they're not a judge, they don't have an oath of office, then that oath of office means that's the contract that that judge would have that right.
1: with you. So there's no exactly. contract with these judges. Well, but the thing is, Betty, when when you are served notice and you step into that tribunal, you are – considered to have agreed to the contract and that's another little piece of this people don't know when you appear there your, your appearance alone is you saying I agree to this sort of jurisdiction and years ago up there in Minnesota I got into it with the Justice Department up there and I was told the same thing there almost word for word that I was told by the federal DOJ uh, this Tony Bacon was her name at the Fed that you're you're operating in error, Miss Oakley. We are not here to protect you. We are here to protect the government from you. You need to go somewhere else for help. And that's exactly. I heard that from two places. And when it comes to like the police and everybody, there is a unspoken code. One of agency, government agency, state or federal, will not go against the other, regardless of what's going on. They will not go against the other. They will provide protection. They will do everything. And Now I'm seeing where, like here in Georgia, uh, several other states, they are bringing probate in as a supposed arm of the superior court of the state because this is not a court of law. But see, nobody says anything, and even if you did, they're not going to change it. But then they claim, well, it's under the purview of the superior court, so that makes it legal, what they're doing. No, it doesn't. No, it does not. This is not a lawful construct. These are not Article III, uh courts, constitutional courts. That is not but what these, these are. are.
0: These courts subpoena you. You have to appear, or they can put a bench warrant out for you. Well,
2: what you need yeah, well, to say is.
0: You object under
2: the UCC 203 or 208, wherever, whatever courts you're in. It could be bankruptcy, it could be civil, it could be child support, family yep. law. You, it depends on what courts you are under. I normally say I object under the UCC 203 and uh, to your jurisdiction, and I mm-hmm. walk out the door, and they can't do nothing to me because they are not – they're going by statutory laws, and they're not doing common right. laws, which I go by common law to protect my constitutional rights. A lot of, you know, I've had law enforcement says, if you don't shut your damn mouth, we're going to get you in contempt of court. And I, of course, keep running my mouth and say that and then walk out. And, you know, uh, I says, well, you can get me in contempt of court and arrest me. All you're going to do is help me get a lawyer.
0: So that's just great. Keep it up. And, you know, I really, you just got to know how to deal with these criminals. I don't know. You could well, say that, Peggy, but, like, look at Brenda Bryant. They What did they say in, in those terms? Yeah, they could I give her six the, months to life yeah, in but prison. I,
2: I, you got well, well, to be able to pick up at the court of record.
0: The,
1: you you got to understand with the,
0: with the process or you're or you're goner. <laughs> Exactly. The, and these I tribunals,
1: the process. when they say they're going to hold you for contempt of court, what you're going to find out is, because this is not a court of law, that is not an actual judge, they have no authority to jail you for anything. What they do, they consider it a spreadable context, and they send that request, judge, this is the dead giveaway on all this stuff, that this is not a court of law, this is not legitimate. Yeah, that request for contempt is sent over to a state-level judge, either criminal or civil, who issues the order. And when that order comes back, it is under that judge's name that you are arrested, not under the name of that person sitting up there calling themselves a judge. And, but the, whole thing, the, the, the main thing to all of this is none of it is lawful, and no one is going to stop it. The only way it's going to get stopped is just what you're doing, Peggy, Betty. It's just what you're doing. We've got to raise enough hell that they have to stop it.
2: And these tribunals – In reality, if we get enough people that will contact us, normally I like to take phone calls on Friday. So if uh, anybody out there listening tonight that wants to work, wants to advocate, that wants to protect yourself and your constitutional rights, your family, contact us Friday. Let's start working together. And, uh, you know, because I got the petition ready. Uh, I mean, I can't be in every city in every United States, nor right. Betty or Karen, to give out these petitions. We need more ground troops, I call them, on yes. the floor working with us to take back our constitutional rights that was given to us. Right.
1: And we, we can't never let the legislation ever do this again <clears throat> to us. Right. Well, and the thing is, the idea that, like I say, these are people we put into office whatever state you're in, and that they put these bills out that abrogate your rights, that actually represent a threat to you, your family, and you get to keep your office? I don't think so. And I don't know how in good conscience you do this stuff, but, of course, I have a conscience. And um, I'm quickly finding out that most of these people do not. Years ago, they're in Minnesota, when I still lived there, when they first started talking these tribunals, setting up probate and removing family and probate matters from the from the civil court, because it was just uh, it was just taken up they, the, the state courts were just overwhelmed with these, and they needed to set up another system, and this was happening across the country simultaneously. They were going to have to set up this tertiary court system to handle just these cases and but of course they set up the tribunals which operate just like the military tribunals. They're not subject to the Constitution because people in the service have been expatriated for the endurance of their enlistment. They are not repatriated until they muster out. But they have, as as such, have no constitutional protections, no rights or anything. So they are subject to whatever that military tribunal has decided is their law and what they're charging you with and you're it's all based on that these domestic tribunals are set up exactly the same way i had a i was arguing fast and furious against this and outside after i came out of the chamber i had a state judge came up to me he said marty marty you don't understand you don't understand we had to do this there's there's so many of these cases if we didn't why why we'd have to We'd have to, you know, get more courtrooms and hire more judges. I said, isn't that what you just did? Oh, you set up a whole court system outside of the law. And his face got really red and the veins stood out. And I said, you look like you'd like to take a swing at me. And I said, I'd advise you not to do that because I will swing back. And um, he just kind of looked at me. I said, you can pull the wool over some people's eyes. I know exactly what you did here. I said, this thing, and I told him then, I said, this uh, this predatory guardianship thing on the elderly is going to explode behind this, which is exactly what it did, and also with the kidnapping of kids by CPS. And a little bit of history on this. CPS came from uh, 1984, 82 to 84, Bob Dole, and it was a Child Protective Services and blah, 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 blah. It very quickly morphed into what it is today, and it was so profitable and so untouchable the way it was set up that APS was developed on the same model. And so you have these systems running that are not constitutional, do not respect or regard your rights, who view you as nothing other than monetary, you know, benefactors. This is all this is it is a system of human trafficking and we have a government that has gotten into social security so far we've used it to finance wars It started under johnson who got into it to fund the vietnam war it has rolled on and on and on since then they have gotten into the principle and financed everything from it's just sick and then to turn around and say we can't keep this going. This system is broke. There's no way financially, mathematically, it could go broke if it was left alone. And people, I hear people say, oh, it's a Ponzi scheme. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's no difference than any other insurance out there. The only thing is this one actually pays. And, but the, but my point I'm making here is this. <coughs> they have bankrupted that system. And that's the impetus behind all of this culling of the elderly. When you look at hospice, which is nothing more than government-sanctioned murder on a daily basis. They are taking out about close to 200,000 elderly people annually, and that's just the part they'll admit to. And But we see hospitals are now admitting that they mm, we've done the same thing. we decided somebody wasn't. we got all these bills passed, like um, the Affordable Care Act. Um, you know, you can when they call futility of care. Food is now redesignated as medical treatment. Food and water. Imagine that—a human right and necessity—is now medical treatment. So when they get you into hospice and they call futility of care, the first thing they pull is food and water, because you're not getting out of there alive. Yeah. My point know, here to all of this is, yeah, yeah you're, they want rid of us, but they want to steal what you've got first they want to take possession of what you have accumulated first this is nothing but a system of theft legalized theft and human trafficking well they're doing it yeah
2: go ahead with this senate bill 1032 uh judges are now able to suspend if this passes this resuscitation order that i'm talking about the senate bill 1032 if you have a um Advanced director of power attorney that you want resuscitated. You know, let's say you're a COVID-19 patient, right? And they put you on a ventilator. Well, the judge could suspend your order, your wishes, and 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 take you off of the machine and pronounce you dead. People need to start reading these Senate bills, how dangerous they are, and how much control judges are having over our lives. And you know. And being able to take our lives just like that and, and next person, next person. I mean, this is serious stuff going on, and people need to stop acting ignorant to the facts and read these Senate bills and start working in groups and opposing these bills like USA Guardship Task Force and other advocacy groups are out there doing. Well, and that's uh,
1: – I'm telling you, I I honestly don't know where we're going to end up. I don't know if we can move fast enough to get this stopped. Um, we have about a year. Just, at the rate. The, think the, so? at
2: the rate the federal, I think within my, everything I've told you has been wrong cute. Okay, from my analysts, from all the legislation and and the money being funneled in, I give it. If we don't turn this around, we're all doomed. Every single United yeah. States citizen and foreign citizens. You don't even have to be a citizen of this country. You're going to be affected by, I can guarantee you, because it states in this legislation, they're going to affect the foreign people too, which means Mexican citizens, Cuban, yeah. um, Iraqis, uh, Irans, people yeah. that's coming in here now, uh, the Indians, they already got the Indians under this jurisdiction, um, different uh, cultures it's going to be affected. Hundreds and hundreds, and people need to wake up. I think we just need to get awareness out, educate yeah. the public. We need to move fast. We need advocacy groups can, can explain what the guardianship is and to get people to sign the petition so we can get the Congress to end this because in about a year, with the way the legislation is working pretty fast, we're not going to have the rights to the end of our life. We're not going to have the rights to our own, uh, our own bodies. It's going to be dictated right. through a judge and we're not going to have any control over our assets because that's going to be taken and given to the state. I kid you not, folks. Yep, It's in the legislation. Yep. It is happening today. I ask you to think about yourself and your family and join us and help us get the message out and get signatures on this uh, bill so we can take this from the law books so we can regain our constitutional rights back.
1: Well, and as that is- you said, we've, we have lost so much. Um, I, You know, it just boggles my mind I've been involved in politics, I guess if For a better word, for 30, 40 years And it just gets successively worse each year I'm also hearing a lot of these representatives I haven't heard a senator yet but Referring to the invisible lines between the states These imaginary lines between the states And you're going to see an effort, I figure, within the next two years to dissolve the states as they exist and put us all up I'll under federal that. law. I do, that, I do believe
2: that. I do believe you're right on, Steve, because after reading all these legislation bills that are being proposed and passed by both Republicans and both Democrats, which they're all yep. in bed together, uh, yes. it, it's scary. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a Republican, but I, I'm ashamed to say Republicans. Broke this bill, this 1032, and the Democrats also joined in bed with the Republicans. So they're yep. both guilty in my in my eyes. Yep. Well, well that's I, the don't, thing I, I don't. I don't associate myself
1: want?
0: with parties. I'm not a Republican yeah, no, or a Democrat. That's
2: what I'm going to say. Me but either, I, was just I making an example <laughs> yeah. that it doesn't matter what uh, what you're affiliated with, Betty. They they're yeah. all doing it to take our Constitution yeah, they right, and they're writing laws. To protect yourself that will exclude them from these laws that they are passing for the for the yeah. bottom feed them i call us the bottom feeders because that's what they yeah they are treating us
1: they're predators and uh yeah and that's the whole thing uh i'm betty i'm with you i'm neither one i'm i call myself a political atheist i figure if any of them are talking their lips are moving and sounds coming out they're lying and um and then that's just the way i've seen it go down and the the idea, like I say, that this, with as much just in the last couple of years, the hell we have raised over this system of trafficking and what they are doing, and yet nothing, nothing has come out federally or on the state level, this from happening. No and criminalization of and when, when they doing, when ahead. they mention trafficking
0: they'll act like it's the general public that's trafficking these children and yes. adults and when exactly. it's actually our own state agencies that are doing and it.
1: Yes. Thank you for pointing exactly. that out Betty. That's exactly right. Yes. And you'll notice all the stories if any story appears on either adults or children about the trafficking or you know the abuse and all it's always some community member some family member and here's all this this long list of these guardians and agents and everything else that have done far worse but you don't see any reporting on them because the public is supposed to believe we have to have these predators because otherwise family and community members might do something bad Um, one of the first reports I saw on this was 2010 the Government Accountability Office and the GAO and they put out that report and they had looked at supposedly 5,000 cases out of 12 states and concluded that, you know, these professional guardians represented a threat to the public and they, it, this lasted three days and then it changed and they said, oh, it was, uh, that was a misprint. It was community members and family members that were doing the deed and I thought, "Uh uh-huh. And um, but they changed it, but you know the, all of this thing about well they can't do it because they have no way to audit. They don't know who. What are you talking about? You have a computer sitting there, don't you? <laughs> how no. hard is it? There isn't a a case that goes through a court that isn't on a computer system. Oh, we don't know how many people we've got under guardianship. Sure, you do. Oh yes, they up. do. Oh, this bill. Yes, they do.
2: This they did, it wasn't for the ward, it was for the families so they could target their assets and do background checks, uh, you know, and to see what they had in the banks and all shores so they could target the family and, and then fill yeah. the information they got and then they would go through the physician to finish the dirty deeds to get the person. Yeah. I mean this was a a, a active plan that legislation wrote for their to make more money for each state
1: it wasn't to benefit the ward it was to steal from the families yep is for exactly that reason it is to facilitate this theft and to protect the people who are doing the thieving and i just i'm telling you and you have to watch every state you have to watch The bills that are coming out on a daily basis, you can sign right Mm -hmm. on to your state, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, on their their website to be notified of any new bills. Mm -hmm. And you have to Mm -hmm. watch these bills of what's coming out because they try to slide this stuff through Mm -hmm. before anybody finds out about it. They say, well, it's the law. Well, we voted on it. You know, I don't give a damn what you did. And um, I, I just I don't know. They can push through go.
0: over 1,000 bills in, in three months' time, and on the floor they only, only have seven minutes to speak about the bill. Yeah. And yep. and who's uh, going over these bills to see what's in them?
1: Well, and that's the thing, Betty. You can present a bill. I've seen advocates write some really good bills, and they get submitted and sponsored supposedly. And they get put on the calendar to be heard. And once they're on the table, that bill, we had this happen in Minnesota. I had a terrible fight with advocates up there. Oh, we wrote a good bill. Why are you dogging it? Why? Because it's not the bill you wrote. They can change it a thousand times before it is brought up for a vote. Yep, before it is ever brought to a vote. And so what passes is nothing close to what you submitted. And they don't have to tell you anything. And so don't think because you wrote a good bill that's what's getting voted on. That thing got torn apart, eaten up, chewed up, replaced, rewritten, and it might have the same title, but it is not the same bill. And um, you try and get people to understand that. Just because you wrote it doesn't mean that's the way it got voted on. Yeah. We've got about 10 minutes here left, girls. Ooh, this has gone fast. Um What do you want to close up with here? Well, let us know if anybody
2: contacts you, Marty, about wanting to join our group, because we need a lot of groups in every state helping us collect signatures for this Mm -hmm. petition. And we need to get it to the uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Congress so we can get these hearings going, because we need to be able to show pictures and evidence. And then... Also, if people are working with their own attorneys, they need to be contacting us too so we can work with their attorneys. I have a few attorneys we're working with right now so we don't destroy their case and we know what to say, what not to say to right. be able to get it on a federal level. And then, you know, the attorneys will take it to their civil level. We're working on criminal right. um, uh,
1: right. petitions. Okay. Well, the other thing I want to advise people. If you get an audience and you get to speak in front of, like, a committee hearing, uh, the first thing they're going to do is limit you to three minutes because they really aren't interested in anything you have to say. And if you're saying anything they don't want to hear, they just keep interrupting you till your three minutes is up and then say, you're out of time. And then at which time you say, I'd like to reclaim all the time that was eaten up by the senator constantly or the representative interrupting me. But my point is this. When you go in there, they know the stories. They know the stories. You go in there and you talk the law and privation and everything, this thing of people going and telling the same story over and over again. They've already heard it, they already know it. And so you have to talk what you're talking, Betty and Peggy, solution. What's the resolution to this? How do we solve this? And you start talking about the law and rights and deprivation of rights, and asset theft, and speak about it in generalities. Um, Give specifics when asked for it. But one of the things that I heard a senator say this at the last summit um, that we attended in DC, uh, you know, when they're up there talking about it, in my case, this happened and that happened. he said, I just want to plug my ears, and go, la, 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 la. He said, I've heard it all before. I said, then why haven't you done anything about it? Well, you know, I don't know what you want me to do. I said, I don't know. Act like a senator. That's just me. Um, but it's just, yeah. So you've got to get more specific. You've got to hold these people to task what their job actually is. And just as a little correction, we are not supposed to have a democracy. Defined democracy means mob rule. We are supposed to have a representative republic hold that representative, that senator, to task. And they are supposed to represent you and your constituents. They are not supposed to be, you know, representing all these special interests. Watch out for the word stakeholders. I hate that word. When you see stakeholders appear in anything, that is a cover phrase to describe all the vested interests who intend to profit from whatever they're doing. They have a vested interest in making sure it passes, it gets done, because this is where they're gonna make their money. So always be of the word stakeholders. Find out who those stakeholders are and what is your connection to them and why would you be so concerned about them? And um, But there's there's a lot. What else could they do, girls?
2: Well, right now, the major part that we've been able to accomplish is to stop that HR 56 from going through. But that's just temporarily because they're coming through another alternative with us and we're fighting opposing that bill. But we need to take this. We need a congressional hearing. We need signatures so we can get to the next level to take out this commission code that I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. And it is possible to do this but we need people to be aware of what needs to be done we need these signatures and we need it be, be done in a time frame not years down the road because if we wait yes. we're not going to have no constitution rights within 12 months if you look at all the senate bills and you sit down you and your family on a sunday and you look what's every everything going on to the federal level and to the state you would say we only got about a year once all this is passed it's done for all of us. There's no more crying, yep. oh, why should I listen, or should I should have helped. It's too late. You, yep. you you don't have no rights. Your inheritance is going to that judge and that attorney that's got immunity, yep. and you don't get crap. You're going to be out in the right. tent, or they're going to put you in a camp, concentration camp. I'm not joking you. And that's yep. where you're going to live out your life until they decide they're not going to use you no more and dispose of you through so this, if you look at the Senate Bill ten thirty two resuscitation, if you have a will stating that you want resuscitation, that judge can suspend it, folks. This is very scary. Right. How a judge can end your life just by having a, a maybe pneumonia infection. I mean, it's getting very scary. So, like, the and, and the doctors
0: doing. and the doctors too have too exactly. much control. Like, if you go yes. to a hospital, they can they're over your care. You, yes. You're not in control yes. anymore. And, that's and how be it's becoming, something. and they're over the bank. They're, uh, it's hospice. It's foster care. It's it's everything. It's not just guardianship. They just pass if a law gotta, allowing
2: no liabilities to doctors and hospitals. So that's another thing people need to be aware of. That's what I'm talking about. They're advocating for and working with us so we can get these signatures we need to end this.
1: There's a bill out in the state of Virginia I have to check up on and see what happened to it. That when if you go in the hospital out there, you lose all rights to make any medical decisions. It's all made by the doctors in the hospitals, and you have no choice. Yeah, if you're in in hospice, and you uh, you don't have a No, but I'm just saying, if you are in hospice,
0: uh, the charge
1: nurse can now issue a DNR on you, whether you want one or not. Uh, Yep, and they the call for futility of care can be made by any doctor anywhere. Someone you never heard of, you've never seen, nothing can make that call. And it it says specifically in the legislation, any doctor anywhere can make the call for futility of care. Um, So it doesn't make any difference. And you have to look at all of this, what happens when you get caught up in this. They immediately get rid of your personal attorney, your personal physician, Anybody that's helping you is all fired and dismissed, and they put people who routinely work in this mill, in this court, the same people, you see them over and over in these cases, the same examiner, the same attorneys, the same agency personnel. Um, You you see the same hospice involved, the same hospital personnel involved. Over and over again, this is trafficking. It is racketeering by definition. It is racketeering. But unfortunately, this isn't just goods and money being stolen, it's people's lives. People's lives are being stolen. Thing. Yes, it is lives. But we have been, I mean, if you listen to these young people out in the public, you know, what do you think about uh, the elderly? Well, they've had a long life. They need to let go. Really? And who are you to decide that? And we had that exactly. doctor on CNN that came out. He died nobody and left you God,
0: to... made you God. Yes.
1: Yes, and I and, 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 it, and
0: I and I do stress it's not just elderly uh, guardianships don't discriminate it's it's elderly it's it's the it's young so adults right. middle aged adults and it's children
1: yep. yes
0: and it's black white yes. and brown rich and poor I had to stress yes. that to an advocate this just this week <laughs> that said that they don't wa- want to mess with people that don't have money that's not true because they make millions of dollars through federal funding yes so they exactly and that was pointed out to people. me by
1: a A friend out in D.C. that said, look at one of these people in the local community, even if they're just on Social Security, they can be worth more than a million dollars a year in state and federal funding, program grants, this, that, and something else, plus they're taking your Social Security check. This is all about money. It has nothing to do with taking care of anyone. It has nothing to do with with making sure someone in the end of their life or close to it is well cared for and protected. If it was, everything would be done to secure their rights, to protect their rights, and to make sure that those things were not violated. But this system works exactly the opposite. It It is dehumanizing, and it, I just... I can't believe we're even having to have these conversations, quite honestly. We've we've got about two minutes left here, according to my clock. Uh, anything you want to wind up with there, Peggy, Betty?
0: Go ahead, Betty. No, go, go ahead. ahead, Peggy.
1: No, just that, you know, we need everybody's support.
2: We need people to educate themselves so that we're not making this stuff up. This is really going to happen to you and your family. We ask that you support yourself and your family by helping us get to congress to get this these uh commission codes off the law books so we can restore our constitutional rights back and we thank you for listening to us tonight.
1: Yes, I do we had a full house. I'm glad to see that. Um and if you have any questions or anything don't hesitate uh to send us an email. You can send one to me at tsrad1. That's twisted sister r a d the number 1 at Outlook.com. And Peggy, Betty, is there an email where they can reach you? Go ahead, Betty.
0: What's what's what email do you want to use, Peggy? I mean our no, business email. Yeah. They they can go on our uh they, Facebook they website.
2: U S A CGTF. U S A C G T F dot com. That's our website on our lobbyist. Or they can go to our Facebook web page, which is uh, USA Citizen Guardianship Task Force. Or, or they can contact us by telephone at 828-980-3467.
1: Nine, okay. Nine, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Okay. There you go. And please be respectful of, you know, calling people after hours and everything. You may think your case is the most important and the worst in the world, but believe me, get in line. They're all bad. Uh, Thank you everybody that tuned in tonight. Peggy, Betty, this was to me just an exemplary show, and I appreciate you coming on. We're going to be doing more on this, uh, but we need to find solutions, people. Uh, We know the stories, and it's not that we're discounting them or minimalizing, minimalizing or marginalizing them. It's just that we need to start working on solutions, how to end this, how to hold people accountable that are participating in this. That's what this is all about. So we're going to be working more on that. If you have any ideas, please get a hold of any one of us, and we'll be willing to listen to you. So, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Peggy, Betty, thank you so much for coming on again tonight, and I'll get you scheduled up as soon as I can again. Okay? sounds great. Thank you, Marty. All right. Have a good night. You you bet. You too. Good night, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Good night.